Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV Podcast 426's After After Show. Show. Maybe that'll be my catchphrase. He Here sunk, we are in the after show. He sunk that putt like the after show. Nonstop. <laughs> just That's, constantly. How many times can I plug Smashbox? I, I was just going to say, make sure when you're doing commentary this weekend that whatever it is, it's it's borderline either offensive and or just people hate it. Absolutely Give me some tips, Terry. Like, what should I say that's offensive? Uh, uh, I'm going to step out of frame now. Hold on. Um, I'll think of some for you. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll text them to you, and whatever I text you, you must read on air. Mm. It'll be like impractical jokers. Okay. That would that's be a good that, way to do. That it. would be fantastic. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are in the after show. If you're new here, I'm sorry. I'd run right away. Turn it <laughs> off. Uh, but if you've been here before, you probably know. In the after show. <laughs> we go off script, <laughs> which okay. We don't. We never if, have any. Script. We used to have a script. We we did have somewhat of a show a sh- layout, show, show notes. notes back in the day. Abandoned those like three hundred episodes ago. Yes, I think we made it up to somewhere in the mid one hundreds where I would I had a spreadsheet every day. Uh, every Tuesday, I would fill in like, "Hey, what what should we talk about?" And we're gonna have Dana on, and you know, and if, at some point when it would just became the same thing, like you and me open the show, Dana comes on, then we have a guest, and then we talk golf, whatever. I felt it was like, eh, I don't need the show notes. Yeah, anymore. now we just ramble and for hours on end with no segments. We are we talk. pretty much do it just like they do over there on uh, every other the Nick and Matt show. Yeah, just just kidding. Uh, when I was. Uh, in studio guest on their show, it honestly oh, it didn't make me uncomfortable. It was crazy though, like almost down to the minute, which I I'm not ripping on. Clearly, I I, I respect it that and very much respect it. But it was so different. Like, hey, we're gonna talk about this for ten minutes, and then we're gonna talk about this for six minutes, or we're gonna talk about this for fifteen minutes, and then we pretty much get out of it. And that sounds stifling. 
I mean, I want to can't hold me back, man. Dude, dude, if I want to talk for eight minutes about <laughs> about PDGA the, numbers, and about, <laughs> about why they chose Kentucky bluegrass on the course instead of fescue, I will do that, Nick and Matt. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a there's a reason you, somehow these drift into three and four hours. You long. can't stop. So me. if you're new here, uh, like we said, uh, after show can be about anything. Oftentimes, you guys really help drive the show in that we take a look at what's coming in either on Facebook and or on YouTube. If you got questions, well, we've got BS to feed you. So um, Aaron, Aaron Kirsch thinks balls deep is, is the, uh, that's, that's the catchphrase. Yeah. Wow. Huh? For MPO or FPO? Like, would it be better for FPO? <laughs> Uh, uh, you be the judge. Okay. Surprise us. I don't think that's going to fly. Sorry. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll work. We'll work on. We'll work on something else. Uh, all right. I might get fired before I get hired. Just saying, if we keep this up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> you said you were going to say what? <laughs> uh, and then they open the show. You open the show, and they just cut your mic. And that's just, it. Hi, I'm John. <laughs> that's it. Uh, all right. Uh, Trevor says, boom goes the Danamite. Feels like 20 years ago. And to think it was really eight. <laughs> uh, almost eight. Yeah. Coming up on eight years ago or a little less then. Um, <clears throat> now you just rely on YouTube chat to give you all the material. That's not entirely inaccurate. Um, so, yeah. Well, we want to make sure if there's some, a subject you want to talk about that we we address it. I mean, part of, part of it is us being lazy. Part of it is us, you know, really pandering to our community. <laughs> That's what we do. Dan Harbeck, who I had a great conversation with the other day, was so kind. He says, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. Uh, that scrolled up on me. At that the they lack of support for the show. Oh, I was to say that they didn't call him for commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good idea. Uh, Dan Harbeck, we appreciate your smashiness. Uh, thank you. Uh, and, and it is very... Very appropriate to make mention as well that Dan Harbeck and his company have stepped up to graciously support and largely support uh, the uh, cold turkey, that registration, which just opened tonight. What a quinky dink. So thank you, Dan. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Looking to give out some pizza. Everybody loves pizza in the middle of winter. Oh, I do like Early pizza. goings of winter. All right, let's see what else we got on here. I'm going to keep reading down some of this. Uh, would you consider changing your podcast name to to Smash Slab? <laughs> Step in, well, I think Tim had had coined it. Step inside the slab box. Yep. Okay, I like those. Spock says, "How about them Chicago Bears?" I, all I'm going to say they beat the Patriots. Good for them. Is that I. Well, right now, I could only name the record of one NFL team, and I think I've seen one out of seven games from the Packers. They're three and four. They're three and four. They're they're, uh, they're looking very bad. I don't bad. think it's good. Um, I'm not. It's almost fanatic. it's almost five hundred. So I mean, really. But uh, yeah, that's literally. I paid. Normally, I pay very little attention to the NFL um, until like playoffs, only because things are crazy. Yeah. Or well, no, more so. Let me rephrase that. I don't. I don't pay much attention because if there's anything else going on on a Sunday that has any other form of work slash priority, I give it that. I yeah, that's all. Anyway, uh, so the Packers, I believe, aren't doing well. That's that's the only thing I know on the year. Um, uh, it, <laughs> I don't believe I get to still ask this. With the Packers being three and four, is that a better or worse record than the Bears? It might be the same record as the Bears. So. 
Now I got to look. You know of the whole Bears Packers rivalries here, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the Bears say, are three and four. Yeah, I thought it was along the same. with the New England, New England, New England, New England <laughs> Patriots. Very big football so, fan over here. So in the New the, England the Packers are having one of their worst seasons in a long time. It's and it's a, they're it's only a bad start. just still tied with the Bears. I mean, not having necessarily one of their worst the, seasons in a long the, time. The Lions are looking a little bit better than they have in the past. The Vikings. Do they have a win this year. Lions, yeah, they do. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're, All right, they're, they're really coming up. They're actually not a bad team. I mean, okay. they are kind of still a bad team, but they're not a, They're not the, the worst team. Vikings are a solid team. Packers are three and four. Aaron Rodgers, does, he looks disinterested. We don't really have a solid wide receiver core. We don't oh, have, and one of our receiver guys, thrower, a, catcher guys. Alan Lazard, injured. he's got some sort of shoulder injury. So, I did see that. And he was kind of our most... Uh, he was supposed to be our quote-unquote number one, which honestly he's not even a number one. He's probably more of like a number two on any other team. But, yeah, so instead we've got a bunch of guys who really don't know the playbook. Well, I mean, I'm sure they know the playbook, but they're not experienced. So And, and he, it, it's tough. I mean, He doesn't still like just go to Sharp or Jordan no, Nelson? Or? No, he can't throw to Jordy anymore. Or, okay. or James Jones. Or Sterling Sharp. Or Sterling Sharp. Well, I don't, I don't know if he, he, ever, could. he <laughs> ever could throw to Sterling Sharp. That was that was more of a Favre thing and a Don Mikowski thing. Yeah, the magic man. But uh, but yes. <laughs> All right. And, and, so the, and the Packers' defense is mediocre. I mean, they're supposed to be good, but... They they show signs of life, but in general, they don't seem to be able to uh, hold anybody. It's just it's it's a sad sad day. Like yeah, as just as Jay Tyrus says, Brady and Rogers are both uh, they're both looking bad this year. It's like suddenly it's like they're old. The old quarterbacks just it's last year he was an MVP. This year, mm, PVM uh, backwards. I don't know. Uh, it's it's that girlfriend or lack of. I don't know. But uh, it's just yeah. you said the. I was gonna make a Reggie White reference, and then you said there's they there's just not a lot of life or something. Then I, now I feel bad. Yeah, because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Moving Jeez, on. Terry. Um, put the lotion on the basket. I like that. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> I think that that would be a good one right there. The lotion. Like, oh like you, you're familiar with the term? No, I don't. Am I not? Uh, you're not. So that is a. Oh, so that that is a saying from the Silence of the Lambs movie. Okay, okay, which uh, I saw once. Yeah, same ago. here. Buffalo Bill Hill, Buffalo Bill Hickok, I believe was the the serial killer's name. Uh, kidnapped somebody and put them at the bottom of a like a, a a a pit, and so he would before he killed them. I'm assuming he lowered things down to them and. And I think I and again, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but more or less the the phrase is like put the lotion in the basket and it's creepy and it's probably nothing you ever want to say on broadcast. So which means I should probably say it. I think so. And you're like, oh, look at that kid. He put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> nah, probably not. I, I could I could get behind that one. Uh, someone says it's also from Joe Dirt. Nah, I, I mean, it, it might be, but it came from Silence of the Lambs. Uh. <laughs> so I'm in my 40s. So that's where it comes from. Um. So I missed, so I messed or missed the entire thing. Where do I see the big money final round? It's not out yet. Um, and this this might be the last go, time. Go I to GK it. Pro Skins. Look for round one live coverage and watch that. Uh, GK Pro very much made an announcement many times since Saturday. Now just saying we're going to post produce it, and it's going to be out as soon as they can. It is going to be of uh, significant editing. Um, extra effort and energies and 
So as we've kind of already committed here on the show, uh, we're not spoiling uh, the people. Some people know the answer. Some people know it's out there. One. In it fact, I think it was. I think it was posted around. on our chat at one point. Yeah, tonight. I mean, it's if you really want to dig around, it is all out there. But we we are not actively uh, blasting it out there um, because of the nature in which they're trying to actually hold this one back. Um, what would be the ideal location for DGPT to buy land and create their own championship level course? Milwaukee? No. No. Um, Somewhere in the southeast. Or southwest. Uh, just a, a place that has could have golf year-round. The southeast, the Charlotte area, that general area. I, I just feel like you, if you does go... make the most sense, population-wise, player-wise, topography-wise. Topography is what I'm thinking. All of those things. If you go to the southwest, you're probably get, you, you could probably find a lot of land, but you're not going to get varied land. You're not going to get a lot of elevation. Mexico. <laughs> Still, you're not getting a lot of elevation or trees, probably, if you want to play around. By the state of New Mexico. You know, um, to me, it makes it would make sense for more in the southeast location to buy 40 acres, maybe. Oh, I bet you it'll be way more than that. It probably will if, be, but it, but like 40 would be the base of what you would need probably for like a decent championship sure. level course. Yeah, um, I mean, think of the, I and, and the, I don't think this is a big secret, but think, especially because we just talked about And it even if it them. is, we'll say it. Yeah, but no, as we just talked about with the, the Hall of Fame uh, committee members a few weeks ago at the press conference for the USDGC. They essentially sounded like the 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 they want to take the blueprint that is the IDGC and make a carbon copy. They want multiple courses and they want a a hosting foundation location uh, headquarters museum type thing. If you've ever been to the IDGC, the International Disc Golf Center. First of all, it's pretty damn cool. I'll just say that. It's, it's outright. four courses. It's awesome. Yeah, Hall they've of got fame the there. courses, and then they've got the Hall of Fame. They've got a pro shop. I, I don't think it's a far stretch that any disc golf organization and or company would love to essentially duplicate that that uh, uh, floor plan, so to speak, where you've got a, a business center. Maybe it can be used for some media uh, stuff more than anything here. I mean, I don't know if we need as many offices as maybe some media opportunities. Mm. Maybe there's some kind of a, um, you know, a, a museum and or a pro shop, and then at least one championship caliber course, if not two or three. And then maybe or maybe not they focus on less than championship caliber. But I think um, championship caliber courses are a top concern because then you always have a place, whether it's the pro tour finale, whether a world's could come through there, whether, uh, you know, another major could get hosted there on occasion. Yeah. I don't think any of that's, um, far fetched. And I think it's going to be a matter of who's going to, who's going to pull it off. It sounds like there's a couple of people uh, that would like to right now. Oh, certainly. Um, I, I know we've talked about this before. I believe it was uh, S.A. Holmes asked, why is there like a three-quarter of a second delay on live? Just the way the nature of live is because we're hosted out in the cloud. The way that the stream comes into the commentators and then goes back out creates about anywhere from a half second at, at the best to a second and a half delay in the commentary call times. So, again, that's something that thankfully I'm fully aware of, so you're not going to hopefully hear me cheering or... Um, or rooting for things to go in or out of bounds when I already know that it, from what you guys have seen, has probably already happened. But yeah, so that is kind of, uh, that's the nature of why there's that delay. Just 
uh, I guess you could got to s- bounce around the internet. You got to bounce around the internet. It's a physics, man. That's how I say it. It's it just bounces around the internets. Uh, Daniel asks, "Did you ever talk about how talk about how liked the tie goes to the lower seed at the Tour Championship? What other sports does this uh, does does it this way? Ties at the end of regulation, they keep on playing. Uh, wrong. Can you name another sport where the tie?" I guess it depends a, on how far seated, we want to extra- extrapolate tie. this. To me, in, in a slightly larger scenario, is it not? Are, can't divisional titles be won that way at the end of a of a football game? In terms of the Packers are are ten and six, the Bears are ten and six, but then they look at how the Bears or the Packers did against the Bears, in and the- then that helps provide a seed. And then the heads up versus divisional versus, you know, right? isn't a divisional title decided that way? I, I think it, it could be. Yeah. So again, I know that's not one individual game that ends. I'll say this uh, a couple of quick things I'll say to it. So I don't go on for too long. One, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I, I love that. What you did all season long absolutely matters maybe more here than any other time. Obviously, yeah, it does. Like that's there's no better way to put it. You get points throughout the year that is a matter of consistency, that's a matter of just sheer, you know, purely showing up. Um you're awarded all those points throughout the year. And you have lots of opportunities and ways to go get about getting them. People like Calvin and Chris Dickerson skip Tournaments, well, not Calvin, uh, but I think of like they don't go to the Silver Series events, and and they don't necessarily even go to all the biggest events, and those are all conscious decisions that then have an outcome of where you get seated, and the fact that it doesn't do it on the final big money final round of the entire year that also keeps me completely sold on it. I like that throughout the the play in the semis the quarterfinals, all of those things that they go to that tie of the seed. And during the final, just like we saw with Waisaki, you know, Robinson was what, a nine or a 16 seed, whatever he was. And Waisaki, obviously the one seed. And then, then they had the sudden death when it came to it on the final round of the entire year. And then they went to sudden death. All the ones leading before that, I love. And what I'll last say Maybe there's not, and maybe my NFL example is a terrible one. That's fine. You could say it is. Um, I'm sh- I'm guessing there's other sports that probably do really rely on a seed. I think there's a lot of probably other tournaments and playings that maybe go that way. I, I can't name one off the top of my head because I'm just thinking of it now. But um, I don't think we also have to be like other sports. And I no, this can that's be an easy cop out, but it's so true in disc golf. It is. You know, we always have this argument right here on the show. Are we trying to? F- quote unquote, follow the yellow brick road of other mainstream sports. Yeah, in some ways we do very much follow and can admire and look up to and follow a path that other mainstream sports maybe have had uh, success with. But in a lot of ways, we're still our own sport, forging our own way in a very early career or an early goings of just being around for 40 some years. And I understand like playoffs immediately equal drama would a playoff be more exciting than having someone win due to a seed probably sure i get it if you're looking for maximum drama in the early rounds then yes that's probably the case um but there is something to be said about going to hole 18 you're tied and you're the lower seed 
you need to score on that player. You need to score on that person. Like how, you're essentially down a stroke. You're essentially down a stroke. I mean, that's how it works out. Is it is it more or less exciting? I think that is all part of what the production crew is trying to uh, transmit to you, ultimately. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's a horse apiece, honestly. If Because I'll tell you what, if you get to that final hole, and let's say that is the scenario, the 16 seed is down one stroke to the four seed, or is tied with the four seed, meaning they're basically down a stroke. If if whoever's in the booth and and the crew and the director and the producer can't show you that drama, that the need for that scoring, that's that's on the production crew then, because that's no different than going into a playoff hole tied. You know, it's the same thing. You're mm-hmm. you need to do you need to score, score or lose. And I, like I said, I get it. Playoffs are drama. It, 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 it's, it's exciting. Woo, we're going to extra extra throws. Eh, to me. And granted, I'm, I'm a little jaded. I'm, I'm, I see things from a slightly different perspective because I'm, beh- I'm behind the buttons here. But as, as Terry said, I like that the effort that you've put in all season long not only gets you into the tournament, but also gives you that slight leg up. And this year, I don't believe the seedings mattered at all. Mm. As far as who moved on, there was no ties going into the final hole. I don't believe. I don't think anyone got in with a tie and lost due to a lower seed. Well, I mean, I, there, I think you could argue that as the scenario is, I know, I know, I need to score in order to yeah, get past somebody, and then but, yeah. whatever. But you know, when it came down to it, nobody, you know, that the, it, it didn't. I don't say it didn't matter, but it uh, it it didn't make that final outcome any different. I don't believe not this year. I think maybe last year we saw that. So uh, long and short of it is, uh, <laughs> I, I think you know there there was actually a, a motto or a tagline that was used. Um, you know, points matter, and that was said four or five years ago, and uh, that Steve Dodge had really started, and I. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why, and I do think it matters. Points matter, uh, yeah, and I and I like it. So personally, I'm a fan of it. Now, if they changed it up, would I be starting a protest? No. However, mm-hmm. I do. I really do. I think it adds that slight advantage and and mm-hmm. um, nuance to the event that makes it that much cooler. And I've heard a lot of other different scenarios that people say, like, oh, maybe instead of of you know starting out from fresh from scratch you give ricky and paul stroke advantages and things like that i i personally don't like that because i feel that um not only i mean clearly you're giving the best players advantages and strokes um it just i I feel like it's it's easier to shoot poorly in because this is what they do in golf it's easier to shoot poorly in golf than i think it is in disc golf like we're a very birdie or die type of environment okay. and they are not. And, and I think, I think it's just, it's a different mentality. I, I wouldn't want to see Ricky go up, you know, cause how do you determine the number of strokes between first and 16th seed? Is that one stroke per seed? I, and that's what I was going to say. Is like, it, is like, it do, do, does, or is it point or is it points? Yeah. Does, like every does five Ricky, points equals, you know. Yeah. Does Ricky get 16 strokes on Isaac? And then what's the point of having anyone other than the top four play ever? Yeah. So I think it's a little bit more difficult, um, again, because it's in our sport, you know, 
look at this course that we played on where six and seven were the best scores. If you even gave someone two strokes advantage, that's a huge, a huge advantage on this particular course. Huge. Huge. Um, so that's why, impersonally, I don't like the stroke scenario that some people have brought up that, you know, the the, uh, the FedEx Cup has throughout the season. And and there's the other argument I've heard people say and discussion point is, you know, I think Dust has even talked about this that or, or mentioned it. He, maybe he doesn't necessarily like the fact that our biggest stars aren't even highlighted until the, like the third day. You know, don't you want your tour championship to bring in all the all the spectators? Don't you want them to see Macbeth on day one or day two? And I can understand that. I totally understand. But then again, I think you've kind of earned yourself a buy. Do we really need to see them day one? Maybe day two. Is there a possibility, kind of like maybe what we saw in other sports where you can, you know, it's it's a little convoluted, but like almost like we saw with skins that, yeah, you can choose to play the day before, but then, and it can only, it can maybe improve your seed, something kind of like, but I think that almost gets a little bit more confusing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm again, not opposed to it. I don't have enough kick in me to care if the pro tour changed it, unless they changed it to something absolutely absurd. Um, I'm kind of like, eh, I, I really like it the way it is. I really liked it as a win your card and move on when, when honestly they would spread the seeds out. So like, you know, you'd get a buy, but then you'd have, you know, Drew Gibson as we'll say like the eight seed or the nine seed going up against the 16 seed and the 20 seed and the 24 seed or whatever it is. And Drew Gibson then now had to win his card to move on or, and you get one extra wild card of the best score because we did see one year where one card moved on. And I think like the best score was like a negative three or a negative four and everybody else was shooting sevens and eights. I I understand why they moved away from that. I didn't, I liked it, but I didn't fight a protest when they changed it. I think this is just another good scenario. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I like it. Again, I'm open to ideas, other ideas that could come along. But so far, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, if someone comes up with a better idea, we're here for it. As long as I don't have to do any more work. Mm, yeah. Uh, Someone asked, Ray, has have you had any experience trying the Prize Picks app? Uh, they offer daily fantasy disc golf. Yeah, I've played around with it um, a, a little bit from from um, just looking at some kind of quote unquote competition with Skip Ace. Now we don't do Skip Ace doesn't do that type of fantasy stuff. That's more daily pickums for real cash. We're more of a, a fantasy f- fantasy football type style where you have a, a league. But uh, yeah, I played around early when 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 Prize Picks first came out. Man, their lines were off, and I made some cash. I think I made like six or seven hundred bucks off that site. I um, heard you. Did you say you won thirty or forty bitcoins? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I I made some cash and I, I pulled it out. That was great. They changed their lines. They changed how they worked for a while, and then so it wasn't nearly as advantageous. And I I put a little bit of money in. And, at the beginning of the season, you put like a hundred bucks in. Won a little, I lost a lot. I think I saw bought like, that house next door with it. Bought the house next door with it. <laughs> I think I've got like seventy bucks sitting in in my account right now that I'll probably roll over to next year and maybe just dink around and play every once in a while. I'll, I'm going to probably pay 
a couple players to shave some strokes. And so I win some money. I mean, because that's what's worth it for like the extra 50 bucks I'm going to win. Yeah. It makes sense for them. Okay, to do that. I got an extra disc here for you. Just miss that butt. Yeah. Makes you perfect. Yeah. Have, have to not hit that line. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I think we covered everything that was up there. And somebody else had another good question. Jen, but now I lost it. So um, um, I, I do want to briefly touch on, and I, I don't know if you want to touch on this at all, and I'm okay with that. Um, there, there was a post made by Natalie Ryan's Instagram mm-hmm. about how she, there was a, a post a couple days ago where she more or less said that she doesn't know what's going to happen next year, and she's obviously pulling for a specific direction as far as uh, trans athletes. Uh, and then her most recent post more or less said that she has maybe heard or in and again, I don't know if it's chance that I heard anything or she's assuming that next, that the PDGA is going to announce something or going to talk about something, how maybe trans athletes are not going to be permitted in the FPO field. I don't, I personally don't know anything on the inside. I haven't heard anything. I don't think the PDGA is really, they they for sure haven't announced anything. So whatever Natalie has heard is either um, leaked information or it's an assumption on her part, one or the other. And I I, I couldn't say either way. Um, but she her most recent post was not very positive uh, on the subject for her perspective. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. And and here we know nothing more, as Johnny just alluded to. We. Uh, have no other insights or information um, with regard to any direction, which anything, whether there may or may not be any policy changes that are in the works. If there are, I think another question that largely gets uh, then immediately asked is, even if there is a policy change where, let's just say, um, transgender athletes in her position aren't allowed to compete in FPO, is that something here in October, end of October, is that something that gets implemented for 2023? And I think that's a very valid question as to when, if if something of that nature were to, uh, you know, were, were to come down from the PDGA, uh, I was going to say, or any other governing body, but the PDGA really in this case is what matters. If that were to be the case, um, you know, wh- what would the timeline look like for that, I, I would make the assumption that any changes that are made would probably go into effect like a January 1st. You know, if they made an announcement, we'll say in the next two, three weeks, any changes would hope, I don't say hopefully because I guess it doesn't, whatever, but uh, would go into effect with a new season or a new year, which is interesting because we have a wraparound season with the Disc Golf Pro Tour that the PDGA doesn't really have much say in as far as that perspective, mm-hmm. as far as the season going, but. Could you see, and, and I, I don't know, a scenario where the PDGA makes a decision and the DGPT doesn't follow suit? Because the PDGA, we're, we're, I'm going to make the assumption that the PDGA is looking at it from a sport perspective for the entire, they have to think about every division. Everything from FA1 to you know FPO to whatever. Could you see a scenario where the DGPT says, that's cool for you, but for our top level athletes, FPO, we are going to go a different way. We are going to, if 
So for instance, the PDGA says we are going to ban trans athletes. The DGPT says, all right, we are going to allow them into our, our FPL field. Or could you see an alternate scenario where the PDGA says we are going to allow trans athletes and the DGPT says we have looked at it and feel differently? I would say at this case, and again, this is nothing more than Johnny and I speculating, honestly. But I would say at this case, as I go to DGPT.com and right there front and center in, in your the corner as it pulls up, the way it's labeled and the way that clearly the partnership has formed and been established it says the Skull Pro Tour is the official pro tour of the PDGA. And to me, just, just taking that at face value, mm-hmm. that tells me that they would be adhering to whatever the, uh, that PDGA po- the policy. Guidelines. Now, we all know DGPT has a heightened standards for uh, for mm-hmm. its own events, heightened standards when it comes to payouts and certain things. Like there are things that are are, are separate and usually elevated. Uh, from a pro tour standards perspective versus any other tour stop. And I know Hence Jeff, the reason of the, being the pro tour, Jeff has said in the past that there will become a day there will, there will become a day. Um, there will come a day that the DGBT maybe enforces slightly different rules than the PDGA. Um, as far as I don't think necessarily this was what he was talking about, but maybe as, come to, OB rules, Mando rules, something strange, disciplinary, disciplinary rules, things like that, that there could be a day where the DGBT and the PDGA look and and treat something differently and separate. Yeah, that's possible too. And I know this again, in a different partnership at the time, you know, that, that was a conversation piece that was held with, you know, Bradley Williams and a suspension or potential suspension and, and so on and so forth. Many, many years ago. Um, so now that they're uh, officially, uh, I'll say, married and meshed together so much <laughs> more closely, I, I, I see those being, I don't want to say just extreme circumstances in when they could ever differ, but I think they're, um, yeah, uh, maybe it, maybe extreme is a good word, or, or very uncommon or infrequent circumstances now they might may or may not be significant but they're going to be infrequent if they are ever differing sure. i'll say that much excuse me somebody else king heiser just said on the board it'll be an x a tier and the ratings wouldn't count right that is not necessarily true and i think that is worth clarifying for some people uh, just because an event is an x tier doesn't immediately assume that ratings won't count or be a part of it. Now, there might be a good chance of it because if they're doing X tier, there might be some experimental or some, I don't call them freaky rules, but there's there might be something really unique or or wildly off and track with standard PDGA play and rules. So there's a, there's a likelihood or a chance, but just because something is listed as an XA does not automatically assume that they're there won't be ratings. For and it. usually though, the reason why the ratings aren't included is because it is something score based. I couldn't see, I wouldn't see play, you know, a, a, a doubles, a doubles, a doubles correct. is a good scenario where it's, they don't, they don't apply a ratings from a doubles event to your PDGA ratings. So if it's a, they should, Gosh. I don't think so. I'm just kidding. They should. Um, so that's one scenario that that's how I'm going to score immediately at me. <laughs> Uh, is that to be is that to happen? So, um, anyway, it, 
So yeah. you don't. So you this particular year, we'll say if if it went or not if, but I think when an announcement is made one way or the other this year, you don't see the DGBT straying from what the PDGA decides one way or the other. I I don't believe that would be the case, it, I, and that's nothing more than just my same. Guess. I'll say. I agree with you. I, I I don't foresee that happening for 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 better or worse. I think we all have our own personal yeah. stances on it, but um, I I don't see the the DGPT straying from what the PDGA decides, regard whatever that would be. And Spock uh, adds in there that where incomplete rounds can happen, like match play, is that a good example? Yeah, yeah there, there's exactly. another great yep. example of where that's going to be an XA, but clearly rounds match play I, I and i'd be curious and i i didn't get around to it yet is uh disc golf pro tour championship absolutely in my opinion should should not, not be included count towards your ratings you're doing things on some of those holes in some of those scenarios but based on seating and otherwise mm-hmm. i do not now um uh, you know, because it's so much more of a match play slash, you know, match play slash skins yep. mentality on some of those holes. N- in my opinion, none mm-hmm. of those ratings should count. Yeah, because there are it, if you're down by two to three strokes with two to three to go, you will be purposefully pushing um, and, and pressing the sport and your shots in order to get the to catch somebody where you normally wouldn't do that. Maybe other than a final round event. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you think about it. How different is that than round four for an event where someone is down two strokes and they want to win and they're going to do something, we'll say dumb, to get there? I could understand the argument. Of course, obviously, this is a different style, but I guess I could see if someone were to say, yeah, look at Macbeth on on fourth rounds. That guy will do some not ideal throws and situations in order to try to catch. Yeah, but you might have to do that on your final hole of your first round. And that to me isn't necessarily fair. I agree. You know, so anyway, uh, it, it's listed to count toward PDGA uh, points mm-hmm. and money, but um, I, I don't believe the Pro Tour Championship. I don't believe it should. I'd be surprised if it did count, but I don't believe that it should. I don't think Not it should that anybody's uh, oh. taken my vote. Um, GBO had an XC tier nine hole course where you played two shots individually and separately off the tee. And to hole completion to get an 18-hole score, and the ratings counted, which I don't disagree with that. We played that, didn't we? No. I don't think we did. Wasn't that the one that, that I won, literally? Is that where you you threw two shots and played from two? Oh, we might, that might have been that might have been the format for that one. I think I literally, that's the one I literally won. Where did we? That might have at been. At Hammond. Was that a little, that short one that was at Hammond? No, that no, was at the, the, the Flint Hills, the Flint Hills Technical, Technical College. College. Yeah. That might have been okay. Yeah. So anyway, I don't necessarily disagree with that being the case uh, either. That it that that one worked um, as well. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, what I was gonna say. Uh, speaking of clarifications. Uh, oh, Ryan says I'm just giving examples of X tier X tiers that had ratings count. Mm-hmm. They did, and I yeah, X tier does that. not automatically mean uh, ratings don't count. So this kind of goes hand in hand to some degree with as he just pointed out, a flex start. Uh, two points here. One, um, there was a flex start this weekend that I had uh, that I had competed in. Oh, you did play in that? I wasn't sure if you yeah. ended up going into that. Truly, and, I didn't know you talked about it, but I wasn't sure. We didn't. <laughs> I ended up going. Okay. Uh, and then um, that, that prompted what became my, my 
I guess technically my first ever uh, new series, new segment <laughs> that I offered up um, that I will, again, very uh, sparsely or sparingly, intermittently, uh, I'll throw out some words that I don't know the meanings of, um, <laughs> Uh, occasionally come to you guys. I, I actually did have something of this nature literally 10 years ago. I think I called them mini vlogs at the time. Now they're not going to be so much. They're going to be, well, they're still going to be shorter in nature, but um, thank you to anyone that's tuned in. I know some of you that are here certainly were there. Uh, every once in a while, <laughs> I keep using Philip DeFranco maybe because he's the, he, he does something of this nature, but not really because he's actually well-researched. And doesn't do it live. And he's got literally a team. Like He's like a news show. Yeah, I'm not going to be that fancy. But every once in a while... No when one expects I have you a, to be. Exactly. I kept the expectations low. Whenever I have a, a, a... What I feel like is either mildly insightful, interesting, quirky, newsworthy. Uh, just know that they might pop up more on my YouTube feed. And one of the promises, one of the core components to this is... I want to keep them relatively short. <laughs> I know, I know. We all laugh. Uh, I want to keep it short. And part of that might be, depending on the, the subject matter, like I, the only reason I was mildly successful the first time I did this the other night, uh, I didn't look at the comments. Like we said, comments help kind of fuel or drive, a know, conversation. drive the conversation. And then and it can get great. The problem is I can also sit and talk to you for five hours uh, over and over and over again. And I want to keep these very short. Uh, and that was my conversation the other night. And I don't want to fully regurgitate it by any means. You can go listen to it I won't. Uh, if you want. But it was a conversation on flex starts and various rules that can come about from flex starts, the pros and the cons to flex starts. I love you flex know, starts personally. Uh, I think they're great for a lot of reasons. I think they also have some drawbacks. Mm-hmm. You Often integrity, I think, comes to mind as one of the big challenges. I think it's perfect for a C tier. A C tier um, is a great... I would not want a B tier flex start. But. Um, yeah, and I think there's a lot of pros and cons to it. So I guess my point is to uh, this is a long winded plug uh, for you guys. Uh, as of right now, uh, I, I'm still working on names, but it's unofficially known I, as the drop zone. I like the drop zone. I do. I I, I truly do like. I it. I feel like it carries such a negative connotation, but at the same time, like, and and I don't want to go all. Uh, I don't think it does. Bill, I mean, Bill. Uh, O'Reilly, you know, the no spin zone either, even though there is some funny connotations. No to that. spin zone. Yeah. You know, within disc golf, no spin zone. Um, but I think of drop zone as it's a negative thing. You, you, there's never a good reason to be at the drop zone. You either missed a Mando or you went out of bounds or you broke some kind of rule or I agree. something negative happened. But it's and, just an, it's just an area. I mean, well, at, at, at any rate, it's a term. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I, I am with that. Also, always taking, I will always be taking suggestions. If there's something, even just like this, uh, you know, regarding ratings, and it's something yep. we could talk about or I could explain or provide some insight to, I am more, uh, more than happy to do so. so All right. On to a different subject about me again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, did you see my Twitter post today? Uh, yes, you. <laughs> I had a dream last night, Terry, and not like a Martin Luther King dream. Well, it's you and and hot dogs and Brody Smith, and I don't think I I don't know if Smashbox After Dark can handle any more than that. I literally last night had a dream. I woke up and it was the strangest thing. I had a dream I was playing disc golf, which I just did last this past weekend in a grocery store, like a supermarket, and I was with Ricky and Brody. And 
we were. Were you at like a Hy-Vee or an Anderson? I don't know. A save. I was. I was inside. It's uh, more like a pick and save. Pick like and a, save. Like a right. like a, a large pick yeah. and save. That's a midwestern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and w- we were we were playing, keeping score. And when I had to keep score, I pulled out a package of hot dogs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a pen, and I wrote my score and the whole. On a hot dog. So like a single hot dog, I wrote like the number nine for a whole nine and then whatever score was on a hot dog. So each individual hot dog had a score on it. Which is weird because the there's only eight hot dogs usually in a... No, Listen, there's ten. There's ten hot dogs. Oh, you're safe eight, then. Eight, eight, eight buns. buns right. uh, yeah. And this is something that I didn't put into the, the, the Twitter post. So I was playing with Brody and in my dream... I took the hot dogs out of my bag to score, mm-hmm. and I was scoring with a pen because you can't write on a hot dog with a pencil. No, because that clearly would be that would be weird. Yeah, I took the pen and I I took the cap off with my mouth, my mm-hmm. teeth, like and you would, blue or black pen. I don't recall offhand. Oh, okay, but okay. of all the things that like made Brody uh, uncomfortable. When it was when I tried to hand him the pen after like the lid, the cap had been in my mouth. Like of all the weird things, he looked at me and was like, "Really, bro? Never mind scoring on a never hot mind dog. scoring on a hot dog. Never mind whatever." And also in the dream, we all had a conversation. There apparently we were in a backup of some sort. We had we had a uh, backup on aisle seven. Backup in aisle seven, folks. Uh-huh. Um, we had a conversation in my dream that you should be allowed to practice putt during backups. Well, yeah, in the freezer section. Uh, no, no, oh, God, no. You do that in the deli. You de- always do that in the deli, Terry. So in, in my dream, there there was a conversation of like, well, should it be after a certain amount of time that you're at a backup? Like, hey, if you're at a backup for more than 10 minutes, then you're allowed to put. Like, this was all in my dream as I'm sitting around somewhere in the grocery store with Ricky and mm-hmm. Brody and a package of hot dogs with scores on them. So... What 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 can you tell me, Terry? Should we well, be should Freud, we be able to should we be able to practice putt with hot dogs? Freud. <laughs> Let's say Ben Freud once. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's it does pose a lot of questions. And then I think, yeah, I mean, you're talking hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs. I love hot dogs, by the way. Yeah, which is a <laughs> is a dream of its own. Um, yeah, that. I, I don't know. I, There's a lot to unpack there. Clearly, <laughs> I'm going to have to see but a psychiatrist, you, Brody probably. And Ricky, and then uh, what I think, without segueing too much yet, uh, you know, Eagle McMahon announcing tonight that you know he's got a a, a longer form video talking about why he's no longer vegan, so he can eat hot dogs and keep uh, score on them. I know. I'm just uh, that's where I kind of was like maybe trying to tie this together. That's a good question. I I, I don't know. So I, I wonder. So you uh, do. You, Mm. Portable baskets? Do you remember I, any? No, 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 no not, not, not at all. Were you all. shooting well? Do you remember no, how you scored on the first Not at all. I just remember uh, pulling out, literally we were playing, pulling out a package of hot dogs. Like and you had those packed or they were in your bag? Or like it was you like... pulled them like off of like... I pulled them out of my bag like, okay. like you had a scorecard. Yeah, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't be still fresh in, no. the, in the meat section. No. You already had them in your I bag. I had them in my bag because we were keeping were score. Gonna we were going to keep. We were keeping score on them, Terry. And then with, with a pen, wrote the number nine. I specifically remember the ninth hole or nine. Mm-hmm. Wrote the number nine on the top of the hot dog and then whatever the score was on towards the bottom of the hot dog. And all I kept thinking, and I woke up thinking like, can you write on a hot dog with a pen? Like I, I would think you could. The ink onto whatever Slimy, casing. Though, but yeah. 
I didn't try yet, but I'll let you know the answer. If I, have you reached out to Johnsonville about this? Because I, I, I have it. I mean, there, there's a tie-in. There yes. is definitely a tie-in. There definitely needs to be a sponsor plug uh, yeah, in so here somewhere. I, uh, I haven't ha- I haven't eaten hot dogs in a long time. It's probably been a week. Oh God, longer than that. <laughs> it's probably been two to three months since I've had any hot dogs. But but to be fair, you your hot dog consumption in a year, on a typical year in years past, is somewhere times. 50 to 100 times my hot dog consumption. Probably not that much. Because uh, I, I have how many one hot to dogs? two a year. That might be on the high side. Um, do, do you count brats? No, no, no. no. I hate brats. Um, you know yeah, that. That's gross. You know that. I, I don't like I brats. Um, <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, do you count hot dogs at baseball games? Yes. Okay, then if I go to a baseball game, I will always have two hot dogs. Okay, because so that's they're, that's one to two more than and, me per year. And, and I'll I go to probably two to three baseball games a year if okay. I'm if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. And I would say other than that, at the house we have hot dogs occasionally, not often. I would say maybe four to five outside of baseball games, maybe four to five hot dogs a, a year. Maybe it seems a little low for your hot dog. No, I we don't honestly. My wife does not buy hot dogs you, very often. You, you were a much I was greater connoisseur. Correct. It, when we traveled more, hot dogs were very easy to eat. They were, they were easy to keep. When when we way back in the day, they're very cheap product to buy. So and make and make it was very quick. So I would have. I definitely ate a lot of hot dogs when I was younger. But now uh, since. Since I have someone that loves me dearly, um, she does not get hot dogs nearly as much. I, I would venture to guess I've had f- but. roughly, roughly five hot dogs in the last five years. In the last five years? Yeah. I, I don't. Oh, then I've definitely got I you by do, t- I don't ten, care for I, them and I don't eat them all. I've got you by at least, yeah, 10 to, you know, <laughs> okay. you know, t- 10, oh God, more than that. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 20 times that. No, I Because we'll, I, I bet you, again, in a year, I would say we, I probably eat about a. A, a, a package of hot dogs, maybe ten hot dogs in a year. Because if yeah. I do sit down That's and have low a, compared to what pace you were on. Oh, I'm sure when I was younger, yeah. Because when when I do sit down and have hot dogs, it's like, oh, there's nothing to eat. I want to make something quick. You pull out the package of hot dogs. You pull out three hot dogs. Mm. You cook them up. Throw them on some bread with some cheese and some ketchup, and you have yourself a lunch. Three mm-hmm. a three hot dog lunch. Yeah. And if I'm at a baseball game, they have the best hot dogs at baseball games. Yeah. Okay. So I'll have a hot dog at a baseball game. But other than that, I don't eat a lot of hot dogs. I do miss the times when I would make mac, like the Kraft mac and cheese, cut up hot dogs and put them in there. I yeah. do miss that. I haven't done that in years. But uh, I had that when I was like eight. That might have been it's still time. good. I, I had that a couple of years ago. I'm sure we had that. Hmm. hmm. All right. So uh, we're talking hot dogs. We're talking Johnsonville. Johnsonville. Johnsonville, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we're here for you right up the road. I I'll can, eat some sausages. Johnny eats the hot dogs. I'll take, I'll take the Johnsonville hot dogs. I'll take some. Uh, speaking of sponsors... Nobody ruined this for me. You could probably actually help me out in one way or another. No one can help you. I um I I've made a little uh I've made a little headway with my friends over at Founders. We've had some conversations slid into the DMs, and uh, I would like to um I'd like to develop that relationship, Founders. So if you're listening, which you're not, but if you were, just know I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to take that next step with you. So we'll see if we can make that happen. All right. Um, Nasser on the board is, is talking about bologna. I haven't had bologna in a long time. Like a long time, probably f- years, years and years. Um, 
the other thing I haven't had that I was thinking about the other day is uh, maybe since we probably since the last time we regularly traveled, it's the ham and cheese loaf. Mm, what, yeah. I, I think I'm still over ever on that. That was, that Which was is a specialty of yours. More or less like bologna with processed cheese injected mm-hmm. into it. And that is a that, that is a tasty, tasty treat. Yes. Um but I have I don't think I've eaten that since we've since we used to travel <laughs> and uh, and buy whatever lunch we would have. So it's got to be seven, eight years since we've done that. that. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't had ham and cheese loaf in a while. <laughs> Man, you really yeah. get me all. And I know there's other people talking about on the board. We're all talking about meat, different processed meat <laughs> products. Uh, as you said, Eagle announced that he was not a, uh, a practicing vegan, vegan currently. Um, and do, have you, do you know I, any more? I, no, I really don't. I mean, this, this there was uh, either hints and or just a, a flat out announcement of it a few months ago. Um, we kind of abruptly saw the vegan jerky um, come to a very quick close Irk. over there at uh, Double G's Jerky. Um, but uh, he, he, I just before we went live tonight, I noticed that he made a post and he just said within that post, hey, guys, I made a slightly longer form video about me and not being vegan anymore. And I feel great. And, and yeah. I'm sure he provides a lot of great insight. Uh, a lot of people are probably more concerned about it than they even need to be, but yeah, that's fine. It's, it's out there. Time. If you have questions, I did not watch it, so I cannot answer any of those I questions. I have not had a chance to watch um, it yet. And either. depending on the length, I'm, I will click on it. And depending on what the length is, will then determine if I bother watching it or not. Because those are his own eating decisions, and I'm I can't say I'm not too concerned, but I'm not too concerned. And uh, <laughs> if he wants to be vegan, great. If he doesn't, great. I I am not about to. Uh, you and I have zero. Yeah, we have zero leg to stand. Leg to stand. We're not on. exactly <laughs> nutritional this year. I'm talking so. about the hot dogs and and, and ham yeah. and cheese loaf. And I and, and I'm a. Pleading out to my friends at Founders for some double barrel aged Scotch ales. But here is my question for you, Terry. Let's play pretend you decided to go vegan for two years. After that, what is the very first meat product you? Th- oh, that, yeah, that's a dumb question. For like me. I, th- it's I check in. Ch- like what kind? Like like just you're going to cook up a chicken breast? Yeah. Just chicken a flat, breast. plain chicken breast. Yeah, that that would be good enough for me. I've also gone on record in saying. I could eat boneless, skinless chicken breasts prepared in almost the worst possible ways even. I could eat that, I feel like, seven days a week. Yeah. So I'm pretty I'm a basic bitch when it comes to that. So it does not take me take just, much to satisfy Literally me. just the chicken breast. If, if that's all that was there, I would yeah. not complain about it. Well, no. how do you normally cook your chicken I, breast? I would love it seasoned, uh, you know, put various seasonings on it, paprika, uh, or or any kind of uh, Italian seasonings, possibly, or not. I really, I do not care. It sounds so silly. I don't care. I will just take boneless, skinless chicken breasts. It's it's probably it's not quite unhealthy how much I enjoy it or would love to eat it. But if if that's all you said, if somebody gave you that thing and said, "Hey, you can only have one thing the rest of your life," that would instantly be my answer. Okay, but is that like your favorite? Meat, like if I yeah. told you, oh, it is like yeah. I don't want a steak. No, I, I know you're not. Ribeyes. You're not. A, you're not a steak person. Veal or it, uh, nothing like, like a chicken. chicken. Like no, chicken. not like chicken I, me parmesan. And, me and Chris just... Dickerson chicken. All right, we're chicken brothers at heart. Okay. All right. That's... What, what would you eat 
You'd eat, would you eat a steak? Probably some steak. Um, I mean, if, if 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 I had my choice of anything, and I was just like, okay, I, I want, I'm going to go right from nothing to like the very best thing I can have. I would probably go to like uh, the five o'clock steakhouse here in Milwaukee, which I think has the best steak in in the city, and uh, and 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 have a, a a very very delicious. I don't know if I go with the, I don't know if I have a ribeye. I like the, uh, I like the the tenderloin steak, but. The fillet, probably go with the fillet. I'd probably, right. t- I'd probably take the fillet. It's delicious. Okay, I, I would take mediocre chicken before I take uh, I a great steak. My, my wife is the same way. She's not a steak person in general. She'll eat it occasionally if I cook it, um, but she would much rather have seafood or, uh, or like you know, or chicken before she would have steak. But tastes like chicken. She says it's mm, not what she says. Okay. Have you ever spent more than 150 bucks on a steak? No, I have not. Um, I think the most I've ever spent on a steak is like seven in a restaurant, 70 or 80 bucks. I think I'd have to look now. Granted, that's me personally. I've gone to some when we're on work trips as um, by the way, next Tuesday, probably no Johnny. It'll be a Terry solo Heck show. Yeah. Oh, yes, I love it. So I'm not even going to be here to talk about the commentary that I'm going to oh, be doing. Oh, God, I will talk about it plenty. Oh, I know, because uh, I, I will probably be flying back from Florida. Um, so anyway, we're uh, my when we go on a travel trip for work, my 9 to 5, we go to some very nice restaurants, and I have uh, carte blanche to whatever I want to order. Baller. And it doesn't really matter because it's all in the work. I've eaten some very, very expensive, nice food at these places. You're everything so, that's wrong with capitalism. I, I'm okay with that. I've, everything. You know, I, I have eaten some fantastic monster. expensive steaks, but I don't believe I've ever, I don't believe I've ever ordered a single meal that's been over a hundred dollars. I don't think so. Not like an individual entree. Um, definitely had entire meals. They're just me. I've had over a hundred dollars, but uh, speaking of health, wealth, uh, health and fitness tomorrow, I'm heading over to uh, the Wisconsin Dells, which is about two hours hour and mm-hmm. a half or so, or two hours from me and, a little late for water slides tear but uh, you know i'm I, here I, for you if i can fit in one i'll go no uh the wisconsin association for health physical education recreation and dance whoppered as it's called uh or aford is the annual physical edu- education uh show for teachers so maybe you're a parent and your kids have a couple days off during the year because they have conferences or whatever. Well, this is where the FIED teachers go. All the gym teachers go. Not all of them. I feel like the ones that care is really honestly the best way to put it. Okay. Because plenty of teachers and I'm I'm kind of but not kind of calling out teachers. Like you have these days off so that you go to these like continuing education, professional development. Professional development exactly. And there's plenty of teachers who are just like, yeah, f that. I'm going to take two days off. That's fine too if that's what you really need. But the gym teachers, the FIAD instructional teachers and such that seem to be really really impassioned about physical education in schools. Those are the ones that will be at this show. They have various training sessions it's all day long also as part of this they will go through the exhibitor hall of which me myself and i i will be set up and uh hosting a disc golf booth i've been doing this for 20 years i think we talked about it maybe even just as recently as last week about uh going to trade shows i enjoy going to the park and rec show every year 
that gets more courses in the ground, but then going to the FIED show every year obviously introduces it to the teachers and uh, gets teachers, uh, you know, courses or information. Oftentimes, I'm I'm then sending them to an edge or I'm sending them to a Uplay, those types of uh, curriculum and other people. So uh, really excited to be doing that over the next couple of days. Um, it's it's one of my favorite to go to. I enjoy the Park and Rec show a little bit more. But uh, I guess there's going to be a social. There usually is, and a little gathering tomorrow night. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to, uh, you know, just be a team player, be part of, <laughs> be, be part of the social activities, and I get to see one of my favorite friends, Dazzling Dave, Dazzling the Dave. Yo-Yo Master. He'll be there as well. So looking forward to that. But next week, good, you're gone. I like it. I am gone. I will be in uh, Claremont, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's a course there. There is a course there. Yeah, I've um, been there, done that. I, Trailblazers. I, 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 fly, uh, I fly out Monday morning. My, the company I work for is doing a small acquisition. And we are, so my job will be to take two employees, lift them out of one Claremont location, which we purchased. We didn't purchase the location, but we purchased the equipment and the people. We buy people. And put them into our location with all of our other Claremont people. And I fly out Tuesday night. Um, I think I fly out at like 730. So I will not be. I mean, maybe I could check in in Atlanta with my layover. But ultimately. We'd like um, it if you didn't. But you know what I did do? It was. Something dumb. No. Well, maybe. We'll see. Um, The rental car. I got myself a Tesla. Mm. It was like only an extra $15 $15 a day. Then it's a no-brainer. I, why I not? Like yep. Why not, my friend? And uh, I've, I've never driven one before. I, I've, I've wanted to buy one for 10 years now. I've wanted to have one, but I, I can't justify the cost on it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm uh, see how that thing flies. That's why I'm a Rivian man, even with the recalls. I mean, they got the recall. You can't. Uh, clearly, it's uh <laughs> Inferior product, my friend. Obviously, no. Just uh, it, they, I don't know if they're running some sort of special at the if for Hertz rental car or not. But yeah, I think they are because I've I've heard of that. Yeah, and and so it was like it. I could get a basically an SUV for the same price as which is normally what I rent because I, I have to haul equipment back and forth. So usually I'll get like a small, you know, crossover vehicle or something, but. I figured, you know what? It's the same. It's the same price as the Tesla. I'm going to go with the Tesla and can put all the equipment I need to travel. Claremont's a very small city, so I won't be traveling more than a few miles back and forth between these two offices. Put everything in the frunk, as they call it, and uh, and travel back and forth. So that's the plan, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, in, and, in- and then I fly back Tuesday. Uh, real quick uh, note as well, then, uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour, of course, has their end-of-the-season awards. Lots of people, lots of opinions, uh, and, and I don't know uh, how wild they're going to get, but um, they have announced pl- the criteria and the voting, which just ended last night, so I'm expecting to see some kind of a release or update here soon. But uh, Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, the first card, all stars, are determined by point standings, and then the second and third cards uh, were determined by overall vote. So that took place um, over the last week. Did, yeah, you. I I got you, a. I did get a vote, and I voted. I voted, I voted uh, almost immediately when it was sent to me. I think within the first twenty minutes it was sent. I I looked at all, everything and I voted. So, so 
just so you know, those are all out there. Uh, we're all taken, and I'm assuming by this time next week we'll probably have the results. Also, I think starting out on maybe Monday on Halloween, it will be the first ever uh, of the six part docu-series uh, of On Tour, and I believe that's going to be dropping on Disc Golf Network, so I want to make sure... They released a very it. short trailer for it today, or yesterday, um, on on social medias. I believe that the first episode is going to focus around... Uh, actually, the trailer they released didn't focus on the first episode, but it talked about Simon and a Double G's event, but the first episode, I believe, is going to focus on Drew and... Gannon. Gannon. So Which would make that, sense. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm assuming what you're going to see is kind of a you're going to for the next six episodes, you're going to probably relive the tour season a little bit more behind the scenes Very of what happens. So. Um, and it's going to start with Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to it. Um, Spock says, do you think big money skin situation will scare anyone off from pay-per-view events that aren't established tournaments for a while? It might. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why you could be scared off. It's not part of the you know DGN in general, so that may or may not raise some red flags for some people. They might enjoy that. They might not. A price point could always uh, scare off someone. Fourteen ninety five. I'm sure you know if it was five ninety five, would they have made up? You know, no. two thirds of the people that were who knows probably no. not. Uh, the location, the event. There's so many things that could factor into it. Um, will it scare off people in the future? I guess it depends on who remembers. And who thinks about it? And how, how many more are we going to see of them? That's another big question. And who's putting on the production? Um, you know, you there's. I think there's a lot of viable, uh, well, maybe not. There's a handful of viable people that you would trust to go then possibly get on board with a pay per view model. And I think there's a there's probably either another number of companies or and or people you don't even know that if they put it on, you'd be far more reluctant to. So I, I don't know if it'll scare off any more. I th- um, but it, but yeah, it, it, it will at least momentarily for those that really got worked up about it, it will leave a bad taste in your mouth. It, it will. It'll it'll be a slight fair. it'll be a slight stain on pay-per-view in general. Um, but I do think that, you know, let's play pretend next year someone comes out with a pay-per-view. I think as consumers, what you need to do is look at who's behind the scenes. You know, is it someone established that is in the disc golf community? And if it's not, I'm not saying that it's not the right move, but can you look at some of the previous things that this other company has done? Sure. You know, if there are plenty of live broadcasting companies that I talk with, owners, um, uh, technologists, things of that nature, that I I would trust running a a disc golf live broadcast because I'm part of that community, but. Like I had never heard of Mason Productions. Um, I think their website is Mason.agency or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and they had, from what I could tell, and I couldn't see any examples, not to say they haven't done live sports, not to say they haven't done whatever the things, but I did not see any um, examples of things that they had done in the past. And that is a slight, I will say, from now on, it will be a slight red flag. I want to be able to see some sort of uh, example of maybe previous history of work. So. And again, not to say that it couldn't happen, but I do believe that this will leave a slight stain on pay-per-view in the short term until somebody does it right. We've seen USDGC did pay-per-view and you might not have liked it, but it worked out great for live. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one of those things that just you ha- you have to, we'll, we'll have to cross that bridge. Okay. And, um, 
<laughs> Ray says, why wasn't their fancy Wi-Fi mesh network able to broadcast a clear signal? It was worse than DGI uh, has ever been. I, I think there was, uh, again, um, it, uh, a it, few lapses in, in just flat-out execution more than anything. There's that. And I honestly, <laughs> as we heard over and over, 400 acres is what that place is. That's not what the disc golf course is, but that's what... The entire land is um, creating a mesh network of even the size to cover that course is quite an ordeal. Um, and my guess is that even on a mesh network, unless you're within probably 20 to 25 feet of that particular uh, access point, it's not going to be great because Wi-Fi just is not reliable. I mean, Look at it this way. If if you do a Zoom call and you're on Wi-Fi on your computer, which is in your house, maybe 20 feet from your from your router through a wall and you have some issues with the glitches. Imagine what you're doing when you're trying to stream a sports broadcast from there. I don't I don't believe that the mesh network at Eagles Crossing and I don't know anything about it, but I will go out on a limb and say that the mesh network there is not of a quality that will ever do a live broadcast from the mesh network. Not that a live broadcast can't happen from Eagles crossing, but not basing it off the mesh network. I just think knowing Wi-Fi and knowing what I know about internet technology, it's my, it's my job. I don't believe that a mesh network like that is uh, probably available out there to what the extent of what they think it is. And and again, that was just one small portion. They were going to hardwire. They were going to do all sorts of other things. But, uh, I mean, again, it, a, a standard Wi-Fi, home Wi-Fi, is about as good as about 300 feet in the wide open. We're talking not even your house walls, not your anything. If you put it in the middle of a field, you can probably get close about 300 feet away and still have signal. And again, that's going to be spotty signal, and that's in a field. Um, you you put it in some woods, you put it in a house or a room. It just it every everything you put in the way blocks a little bit of signal. So, um, I would never ever personally rely on the mesh network. It could be a very good backup. You know, if if you happen to be on a cellular network like DGN does, and you're close enough to the router, it it hops you on the Wi-Fi, and that's going to be and that will work out. It'll help reduce data costs it'll help maybe improve the signal a little bit but i don't know just i as a as a person who does broadcasting i would never rely on that so and it may it's going to be great for scoring because if you're on your if you're, you're on your u disc and you want to score and you're going to get some wi-fi you need very little wi-fi for that that's packets that's text that's not hardly anything video transmission is a whole nother beast mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we use video, don't we? We do. We do some video. I mean, it doesn't always look like it. Sometimes it doesn't look like video, but we are. We're always broadcasting video. Yeah, we are. Also, last but not least, even though I said it on uh, IG as we started the night, uh, (laughs) pretty cool day in the being the 25th uh nate and valerie celebrating their eighth wedding anniversary congratulations congratulations to the dosses over there congratulations to Corey ellis who got married this weekend exactly so Corey, uh uh, congrats to him uh also nate and val like i said and then a few years ago uh page and grady shoe 
uh, got married. So their wedding anniversary is, of course, here on the 25th. Congrats to them. And then another disc golfer who watches quite a bit as well, uh, who's here in Wisconsin, and his brother is a famous comedian. But uh, thank you to Rob Lee, or congratulations to Rob Lee and his wife, Becky, also celebrating an anniversary. So I'm just throwing some of those out there. I think there was his eight as well. So nothing more than random. In honor of all those people. to all of them. We're going to give something away. Let's do it. I think we got anniversary jerky anniversary. known as smashed cracked pepper there it is there it is when folks. you want an anniversary you want a smash cracked pepper that's right that's a new tagline for double g jerky <clears throat> put it in your mouth no th- okay yeah that'll work yeah, put it put work. it in your mouth put yeah. it in your mouth yeah not on your face put it on your face no jerky shouldn't go on your face i mean it put could. it in your mouth yeah. yeah jerky in your mouth barbasol on your face yes Anyway, <laughs> put it up here, right here. So get it. Put it in your jerky hole. We're gonna give. Uh, don't uh, be a jerky. Don't, don't be, be a jerky hole. Don't be a jerky. All right, we have 160 people eligible for our giveaway. Um, Patreon.com/slash/smashboxtv. If, if you get any value out of us, which I, I, <laughs> I understand sometimes, does it have to be a positive net value? No, it could be a negative value. Yeah, you could be like, oh, I listen to those assholes on Smashbox. They don't know what they're talking about. I need to send them money to shut them up. <laughs> if you send us, you know, if you sign up at patreon.com slash Smashbox TV for yep. as, like, as little as a dollar a, a month, and you'll be eligible for a giveaway. Terry Miller, what number should we do? What number should the we three. draw? I just listed off three, three great anniversaries. Um, there's okay. others in the world sure probably today, maybe. But three of them crossed my Facebook. It's not 91. It's not 140. The answer is 39. Uh, I'm going to bring up the spreadsheet here, but not live on the broadcast. So I don't dox anybody. 39 is, I sorted dox it by it address. So 39 is Daniel Reynoso. Yeah, sweet. You just Dan. You just Dan. You just Dan is going to get some jerky coming his way in Minnesota. He's going to get Terry's jerky in his mouth. Yes, he is. You just Dan. We're going to have a shirt off. Wait. No, you'll lose that. Don't please don't. (laughs) No, he's got neat neat shirts. I know. But don't take your shirts off. No, I think you lose that. (laughs) He he looks like he's relatively in shape. He is. So you dad, please don't do that. Okay. But a shirt off like a shirt competition. Yes. I still think he wins. Smash crack pepper in his face. Yeah, you should slap him with your jerky. Ah, uh, yeah, jerky slaps. <laughs> anyway, Udisc, Dan, thank you for your support. We love you, buddy. Much <laughs> you might of, be much, still watching right now. You never know. Uh, if not, you're watching. Uh, He's watching tomorrow. So, so con- we love you, buddy. We Congratulations, Dan. Send you some jerky. I know you want a, a pants-off dance-off. Been there, done that too many times. Hmm. That's, uh, that's another after-show story. <laughs> that's why there's a table in front of me. See so you guys. All right, guys. Uh, I think with that, no better time than a pants off, dance off, jerk in your mouth uh, demand. We're gonna we're gonna kill it. This is it. We're done, guys. Right. Thanks for joining. This is the after show four twenty six. Find it. Hope you enjoyed it. Found it on your podcast app. Give us five hundred stars or as many as it'll let you give you. Uh, do that on the apps. We appreciate that. that we helps do like that. More people find. Jerky in their face, which is what we know they want. And everybody you do win every Tuesday. Everybody wants jerky in their face. We appreciate you guys. Honestly, all the super chatters, anyone that jumped on, all the subscribers, whether you listen on audio in an audio capacity or you're here on Tuesday nights, we really appreciate you guys. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's been Podcast 426's After Show. 
We'll see you next week when Terror Bear Solo step inside the Smashbox. Maybe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 